Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 15-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net, also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. My new album, White Knuckle Life, as well as my other original records, are available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, etc. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. Also, consider helping get the word out in the street via social media, five-star rating and review on iTunes, word of mouth, etc. Happy Thought of the Day is by Adam Levine. It's much more interesting to embrace who you really are rather than waste energy pretending to be someone else. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 50. Last week's gigs wrap-up. Wednesday, I played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Another fun-filled Ladies in New Hope night, and excited to have Cassie back bartending next week after her stint playing softball for the summer. Thursday, Brian Johnson and myself jammed out at Lucky's 13 in Burnsville, Minnesota. We love working for Jeff and Joe over there. And nice work, Johnson, winging all these new 1960s songs I just learned. Friday, I played a solo show at Summerby Golf Club in Byron, Minnesota. It was super slow, but there was this one family there that had this kid that kept coming up and requesting fast songs and playing along with a dice shaker. Saturday, Mr. Brian, Keith, Johnson, and myself rocked out at Fill-In Station in beautiful Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. It was a total blast. It was packed, it was fun, and excited to be playing there every other month from now on. I did get a request from the owner, though, afterwards via Facebook that for next time we have to learn some Mike and the Mechanics. Upcoming shows. Wednesday, September 28th. 2016, I'll be playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 8 to 10 p.m. Thursday, September 29th, I'll be playing a solo show at Darby's in downtown Minneapolis from 5 to 6 p.m. as a canine-inspired change fundraiser. Then later that night, Mr. Brian K. Johnson and myself will be rocking out at the YZ Bar and Grill, a.k.a. the Muni, from 8 to 11 p.m. Friday, September 30th, I'll be playing a solo show at Danny's in Stillwater from 7 to 10 p.m. Saturday, October 1st, I'll be flying solo heading up to Breezy Point to rock out at JJ's at Commander Bar from 5 to 9 p.m. Guest this week is part four of four with the popular singer-songwriter and The Voice TV show standout Kat Perkins. We discuss battle partners, Adam Levine's song choices, what's next for Cat, etc. Enjoy the conversation. K 
Kat Perkins. Thanks for coming back to the Markster Music yes. Podcast. We're doing it a part four. So the second half of your experience I love it. with the voice. Yes. So we didn't plan on doing this many, but uh, we're having a lot of fun. Absolutely. So this is thanks for doing this and thank, thank you. you for listening for sure. So we left off at um, the 90 second snippets of learning yes. stuff, and then you made that, and then uh, take it from there. All right. So the battle rounds are the next thing that happens, and um, and that was for me. It was very short. It's like a two week stint out in Los Angeles, and um, it's, it's hard. Here's what happens. I guess what I can say about the battle rounds is that, and the knockouts is that you make friends. You make very close, fast friends. Picture, picture summer camp. If anybody's been to summer camp or music camp or anything that, or even doing a theater show that only lasts for five weeks or six weeks or whatever, you become really close, fast friends. And you kind of for a visual, you hold each other's hand to the experience, you know? You, nobody could ever understand what you're going through except for the people you're going through it with, right? Even your loved ones, my boyfriend, my family, they sort of understood. Um, and they would come out for the tapings, and they would come out and be my support, but they didn't, the day-to-day grind and the weirdness and the, oh, the intensity of it, that was kind of only understood by the people that were going through the experience. So... Who were your good friends? So my great friends were, in the beginning, my first battle partner, Patrick Thompson. And it was hard to battle him, you know? Then I had to battle him, and somebody had to win. It was really weird. Um, Don and Hawks was my second battle partner, and they were a duo, a husband and wife team, and and I became very close with them, and we were all Capricorns, and we all had this very cool bonding moment. Um, But overall, in the whole sort of experience, Kristen Merlin became my roommate and friend um, for several months of the experience. And Christina Grimmie, I know, in my season, season six, um, she was my roommate, and we became super close. And we were also teammates. We were on Team Adam together. She was your roommate? Yeah, she was my roommate for for a really good stint of that whole process, which over I'm the course... I'm to hear about your friend. I, I, listen, I listened to your, your dedication yeah. uh, song to her today. And there must be angels watching over you now singing... Yeah, Christina Grimmy was an amazing person, and she was an amazing roommate. And the great thing about, well, there were so many great things about her, but one of the greatest things about having her as a roommate was that we had the same schedule. We were on Team Adam, and so we knew that if we had to get up super early in the morning to go and film something, that we had to get our beauty sleep. And, and she was so dedicated to her craft, and one of probably the best singers that I've ever met, worked with, learned from, and she was almost 10 years younger than I was, I, I would guess. Probably eight years younger than I, I am. And so it was an experience, you know. And again, you bond and you hold each other's hand and you become fast friends and you, you go through this together and then you're suddenly competing against each other. 
So you dwindle it down from battle rounds, knockout rounds, which we did a ba- we did a second battle instead of a knockout that year. Then you go into playoffs, and you take from you take 20, 20 contenders down to twelve. Now think about that. On every season, you're talking about thousands and thousands. On my season, there was over six hundred thousand people that auditioned, and you're standing there as part of the top twelve after the playoffs. Wow. And you get three on each team. So Team Adam had three. Um, in my season, we had Shakira. She had three team members. Usher mm-hmm. had, t- had three team members. And then Blake had three team members. And you're 12 kids filming a, a television show competing directly against each other at the same time, consoling one another at the end of the day, going, you know, you did great, and I hope you make it through. And then it becomes up to America. And it's a, it's a weird balance shift. Of, uh, and it's kind of great. When it becomes up to America, like on my season, we didn't do it until top 12. Last year, they did it like up to top 20 or whatever. But when you leave it in the hands of America and the voting process, then there seems to be a little bit of pressure that's left off to us. And we can just sort of do what we do, try to do it well, and be the best we can possibly be and just do it every single week. And then America votes. Wow. And for some reason... You know, I don't. I don't even know why. I guess I don't want to enter my ego, but um, Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, the whole Midwest just got behind it. And I don't know if it was just too cold outside and everybody was watching TV, or just that they felt compelled by my story and how hard I had worked in the music business my entire life since I was five years old singing professionally since I was 15 years old and at this point being 30 years old at the time it was filmed that I I tried to tell my story truthfully honestly and just as real as it can be and I felt the support I felt the entire Midwest get behind it and I felt like a mini sports team or something I felt the love I still feel the love let's not get that confused like I still feel the support which is incredible I remember when you when you were on there and going through that, it was a massive buzz around the Twin Cities here <laughs> and all the musicians and stuff. It was like one of the group or one of the <laughs> fellow folks that had yeah. slugged it out up here in the Twin Cities music scene really, you know, moved up to the next level. And your performances on TV were so spot on. I, I think more than anything, you just made everybody, like, proud. Like, oh, Aww. instead of, like, I don't know that guy. Yeah, I know her. You know, I know it's her. Kind of I know one of those her. Things. And and I was lucky enough to have Adam as a coach. And and that was by choice, and I couldn't believe that I actually had the choice. You know, Can I ask I, you something? What yeah. went through your head? When you sang your audition song and they turned around, and three of them turned around, I believe. <laughs> yes, three of them turned um, around. We were just like, just instantly, yes. There's a sense of relief. There's a sense of victory. And then there's also the sense of keep singing. Because all you want to do is just stop singing. Like, you're like, okay, I did it. Drop the mic. It happened. No, but you have to keep going. The and whole then, 90 seconds. And then you're singing, <laughs> excuse me, in front of superstars that are facing you and on television it looks like they're kind of far away in real life they are they are so close to you like what do you mean like in this room how close would it it be so 
in this room, it'd be like from here to the to the bar. We're in a booth right now. Really? That's how close it really is. So just right in front of you. And yeah. on television, it seems like it's a world away. It does, yeah. Because the studio seems so wide and big. So then, then you're like, oh my God. If you start thinking about that, you have to just keep going. One of my teammates, actually, oddly enough, he stopped singing when they turned around. And... And so they couldn't even show his audition in the blind audition episodes. Really? Because he stopped singing, which is exactly the instinct. You're like, I can't. I, Adam Levine is staring me in the face. Like, Usher is staring me in the face. And Shakira was, like, standing up and clapping. You're like, I can't. Then I just closed my eyes and, like, started, kept going. You're like, keep singing, keep singing. Wow. And that became every episode because they are in front of you like that. And they're not turned around. And so every episode you're thinking that. So you chose Adam Levine. Yeah. If you had to pick one of the other two, who would you have picked? Just curious. I think in hindsight, though, because I have hindsight, I would have picked Usher. But in, in his pitch to me, it was the weirdest pitch because he thought I was a country singer and it was kind of this big confusing moment. Um, but in the end, he was one of the best coaches of that season. Shakira was, was awesome, but she didn't really connect with her, her fellow team mates or her members. Okay. So I can't say, you know, like... I knew in my mind in the moment that Adam was the right choice because he's somebody that I look up to and he's like my icon and my idol and I he's more put him a on rocker a guy too. Yeah, yeah, and he's a rocker and he's got tattoos and like he understands. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I probably would have chosen Usher. But in all honesty, Blake did not turn around, and I think it would have been a really interesting uh, journey if I would have been on Team Blake. You be my salt and sweet. And I actually got to know Blake really well. And I just saw him a few months ago. And, like, he came right up to me and said, Kat, how are you doing, darling? Like, he, he's that dude. He's like a Brett Michaels where he remembers people. And he, he cared about my story. And, like, he, he sat down with me one day at, on set and said, what are you going to do after this? What are you going to do? Can I help you in any way? Do you want, like, do you want my help? Like, I don't, I don't think you're a country singer, but he, like, cared about little cat awesome. from Scranton, North Dakota. Yeah. And so did Adam. Adam did, too. Adam came through Minneapolis, Minnesota on his tour back a year and a half ago in March. And he emailed me and said, hey, I'm coming through your town. Do you want to get together? Like, really? Like, who, who does that? Did you guys come Lucky 13? <laughs> I wanted to. <laughs> no, but we had a great day at the Excel, and he, we had sushi, and his wife came, and like we talked about, we talked about life, we talked about living, and like we, you know, and then we talked about the business, of course. But we just talked about, we talked about doing the school assemblies that I do. We talked about working with children, and I told him how passionate I was about working with children. And he was literally on, like, his chin on his, his wrist. And he was like, tell me about these kids. Tell me about what you do. Tell me about this passion. And he was so genuine. Wow. And he wasn't only coach Adam at that moment. He was friend Adam. And I'll never forget it. And 
we don't keep as in touch as much at this point, but I have him in my phone. And I was in L.A. a few months back, and I texted him, and we texted for a couple. Like, he's just that dude. Wow. That doesn't bother him at all. He just texts him, No, I, I, I mean, he doesn't have to. He does not have to. And if you watch The Voice, they're filming season after season after season. He's a busy dude. Plus, in the interim, he's touring, and he's got a pregnant wife at this point. Like, there's a whole lot going on in his life, yet he'll just take the time to be like, how you doing? Are you doing good? Wow. What's new? You know, and it's, it's insane. He's, a, he's amazing. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's very, very interesting. I know, it's Okay, so, cool. so how did the final process of the voice go? Okay, so... You're on the top 12, I think is where we left yeah, off. Yeah, and America decides, and so you just kind of do your best. And Adam was really, really, really involved in song choice. And he would not only sit down with me and say, here's what I'm thinking for you, but he would say, if this is not what you're thinking, what are you thinking? And do you have anything that I haven't thought of? And like, what's in your arsenal? What's in your back pocket? What can you go out there and just kill on this moment, you know? And so we put our heads together. He never ever took my suggestions, <laughs> but, but his suggestions, his choices were always amazing. So I just went with it. And it was wow. amazing. It was really cool. Did there you ever a, butt heads with him ever? We did. We butted heads one week. And it was the week that I actually ended up singing Get Lucky. By Pharrell. Pharrell or Pharrell, yeah. yeah. And he wanted me, Adam wanted so badly for me to sing Bohemian Rhapsody. So badly. The whole song? The whole, well, part? at least, you know, it was, you get about two minutes at that point. So once you go live, you get like a two minute slot. So it'd be a very heavily edited version of Bohemian Rhapsody. How would you even pull that I out? I don't know. Just do the intro? I and tried. The middle part? I or will something? tell you, I tried my hardest. I tried. I went in there on Wednesday morning after Tuesday night making it through and deciding that we're going to try this on Wednesday morning and I tried to workshop it with the band and it wasn't happening. Listen. Th- There'd be that- no head, headbang time in the middle. You'd have no. to head everyone that listens to that song. And that song needs to be sung by about five people. You know, we, we came up with these ideas about like video videoing myself and having a video screen where I'm singing with myself kind of like Freddie did in his video. And I was like, listen, people are going to kill me on social media saying... That that's not fair, and I had to pre. I would have to pre-record, yeah. you know, bits of it. So he was like, "All right, what do you got?" And Daft I said, punk. "Daft Punk." I said, "Let's that's do it. Daft Punk. Let's do the rock version of Daft Punk." Lo and behold, Pharrell was going to be on that episode that I sang that show, of sang on that week. He was on the show that week because he was going to be the judge or the coach for the next season. So they came and did a performance. Wow. So, of course, the producers loved the idea. They're like, yeah, you sing that in front of Pharrell. Do it. What do you think? <laughs> he didn't say a word, to be honest. He, I don't even know if he understood what was happening. Like, I met him, and I told him I was singing a song, and he was like, oh, okay, I don't know. I mean, it's a very intense day. When you go live, they don't even, nobody knows what's going on, and you're getting pulled in a million different directions. So, I don't know. So, for each... Song like I know you that you did sing a number of songs on yes. the air. So do you have to give each song as much 
attention as you oh did Goldust Woman, the initial one. So just that's all you do. When right. do you relax or when do you, you is your mind ever clear for these no, weeks? Or are you just always just kind of sweating it? It's so intense that you don't have time. I'll tell you a little secret about my journey, which if other voice kids are listening, they'll be so mad. But for some reason, I oftentimes ended up with Sunday afternoon free. Like, I don't, I don't know why, but it was just my schedule, how they, how they ran Team Adam at, the point, at that point. And I would usually get Sunday afternoon, and I would sort of take that time. A lot of times the Vikings were playing, so then I had to watch that nice. in the beginning. But towards the end, there was no football, so then I, was just, I would like just sort of clear my mind. And you can't leave the premises, so you're just sort of doing what you can on premises, like working out or swimming or sitting in the hot tub. So that's what I would do. But no, you live and breathe that song. So on Tuesday night, you usually get your song at about midnight, about what you're at least going to attempt for the week. And on Wednesday, you go in and attempt that song. And with if, Adam? With Adam, with your voice, other voice coach, that there's an, a side voice coach that you always have with you, with the band, uh, with the producers, everybody. Sometimes it was on camera, sometimes it wasn't on camera. Wednesday was a very tough day to be on camera because you're sort of figuring it out. And you didn't really sound the best, you know. Um, and then if you needed to change what was happening on Wednesday, you did. And by the end of the night on Wednesday, you were solid in what you were doing. And a lot of people would change their song. A lot of people would change it. And I only did one time. But then on Thursday, you move forward in that, with that song, and you live and breathe it. So I would, I would write out the lyrics, and I would put them on my lampshade. I would tape them up in my bathroom. I would have them on my phone at all times. And I would just live and breathe it. So I would sing the melody with, like, no words. Just la, 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 la. Or na 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 na, and then I would enter the lyrics, and then I would sing. Then I would speak the lyrics like a poem, and memorize the lyrics, and then I would put them all together, and then I would videotape myself in my hotel room doing it so I could see my face. Wow! I mean, you live and breathe. Like, there's no television. There's no nothing. You are living and breathing this one song. For why do you think they don't let you read the lyrics off? You think it'd make you more comfortable? Like Sinatra even used a freaking teleprompter. Well, let me tell you a little secret, too. Another secret is that every time a coach performed, they had a teleprompter. Of course. Or every time we performed with a coach, we had a teleprompter. So, like, I got to sing Sledgehammer with Adam. And we had a teleprompter. So the pressure was so far off. You just... And if you would look at, well, I don't know if you can look it up anymore. They take a lot of them down after a few years on YouTube because they only pay the rights for the yeah. songs for two years. Um, but if you were lucky enough to catch it, you just watch me watching the teleprompter, like waiting for my time where it said, Cat, sing this line. So, yeah, they always used it. The coaches always use it. But, no, we could not use it. And it sort of made it a little bit more of a competition for us. And it also made it a little bit more fair because if somebody, you know, when you're reading, yes, it's comfortable, but they also wanted you to be uncomfortable because it's a television show. Yeah. And that makes good TV. I agree. And if you screw up, it makes really good television. Oh, man. Uh, but you never wanted to be that girl. Out of all the songs you sang on The Voice, what do you think is your strongest? What's your favorite one? Maybe even your also your least favorite one. Ooh. Well, looking back, Magic Man was, was really cool. And it was also my first live show performance. Um, 
they had me going down on my knees. I had a really cool outfit. It was also the first time I did it. So it was a little bit like green. I, I felt green though. My favorite was, was get lucky because we used pyro. We had fire and I had firepower behind me. And I, I literally jump up and down. If you, if you see it, when I get done, I jump up and down because it was so exciting. It was so exciting. My least favorite, which is weird because it's one of my favorite songs of all time, is Landslide by Fleetwood Mac. And I saw my reflection in the snow-covered hills Till the landslide brought me down but it was kind of my least favorite performance on The Voice because I, I was on a stool, I couldn't walk around, I was very limited to sitting on the stool, and I had this fringy jacket that I was supposed to make my prop, and I was sitting with the guitar player, but I couldn't do anything, so I felt very limited in the performance because I'm a very passionate performer, and I like to walk around and engage my audience, and I just felt like I couldn't do that. But it, also the song was kind of like that, so, I don't know. I mean, that's probably... And Let It Go was also a weird one for me to do. From the movie. From the Frozen movie, movie. From Frozen. It was fun. It was it was a fun premise. And the kids that I nannied at the time, you know, they loved that song. Yeah. So, I knew it. But it was a weird play. It was kind of a weird pawn. How about the, the Journey game. one, Open Arms? It was fun. I love that song. It was so that's much a good fun. One. It was... And that was the only time, if you want a little bit of trivia behind the whole thing, is that that's the only time I... Went for I went for a note that like wasn't planned. And I went up to the sound. It wasn't planned, and it just happened, and it was a beautiful moment. I was like, oh, I did something that I wasn't planning on doing. <laughs> yeah. It was wow. super cool. That's a great a story. So what happened at the end? Well, so you – I made it to the top five. In my season, they did, you know, the final three on the last episode. So the, right before that episode was the top five. And the two weeks prior to that, I had been in the bottom three. And if you watch the show, you know that there's a Twitter save. And so I had survived the Twitter save two weeks in a row. I'm not even sure how I did it. And in the Twitter save, you get to just pull a song out of nowhere and do it. And when I say that, this is the most unscripted part of the show, is that you have only rehearsed the song one time with the band. You pick off of a list that says, here's your list of songs you can pick off for your save song. Pick a song, you get one shot with the band, you got to do it. No joke. No joke. So I was lucky enough for the first two times to, to, to know the song that I was singing. Paris was one of the songs that I still sing. Um, and the second one was Barracuda, which <laughs> <laughs> has become a staple in my world. Even though I had to learn it for that, like, I love that song, and, and I've, it's become a, a thing for me. Um, so I survived the first two weeks with people writing hashtag voice save cat on Twitter. Literally, that's what happens. Yep. And I won. Um, and so then we got to the final week, and Adam took me into his trailer, and he said, listen, cat, traditionally, people don't survive this twice, let alone three times. So 
I have a big feeling that you won't survive. But I, what I want you to do is just be prepared for that and sing your butt off and leave no one behind and just do the best you can and don't cry. <laughs> That's great. And then Christina Grimmie, again, was also in my position. So her and I and Kristen Merlin, my two closest friends on the show, had to sing against each other in the voice save. And we knew that Christina had this awesome Twitter following and she, she was going to just slay in this. And we wanted her to... We supported her in this whole journey, so we knew that she was going to get through, and it was really exciting. And then that happened, so we got eliminated, and and there was only one episode left, so they kept us out in Los Angeles, and they needed us for the finale show. So there was no time to come home. So you partied home. that week, though. So <laughs> I asked them, I said, can we please, like, can we just, like, can we have a cocktail? <laughs> yeah, that was week the Lego home. Were you upset, disappointed, or were you just kind of... You'd gone this far and just happy with the whole... I was so happy. In fact, you know, uh, it's hard to say. I don't know if I've ever said this actually to anyone, but it was sort of relieving. Like, I felt relieved. I didn't know if I could actually last another week, and my voice was really hurting. And granted, I had just come off of, you know, this was like, I hadn't toured for years. And so to sing this much and this often was a very big deal to my vocal cords that were rehabbing from having vocal surgery. So I was already feeling kind of fatigued and I was 100% sleep deprived. I mean, you talk about not sleeping and working your tail off. This was the, that, that was what we were doing. We were having 12, 16 hour days, at least 12, if not 16. And so you're sleeping only a few hours and all I wanted to do was sleep in and have a cocktail and like just decompress for a second. At the same time, it's very sad and you feel the sense of like, you feel like, well, you're in a competition. And so at a certain point, you want to win that competition. And at a certain point, like I said, I had so many people in Minnesota and the Midwest cheering me on in North Dakota, especially I didn't want to let I didn't want to let them down. I didn't want to feel like I let them down. And there I I did feel that way, you know, without winning. But let me tell you, sitting here right now, I did win. I won. I completely won. There's a part of of making it as far as I did that was just absolutely perfect for everything because I got to work right away. I got to come home and record a single and and go forward with my life and tour and, and jump right back into the music scene and, and, and use the momentum to its utmost and just keep going with my career after that. Where if you won the show, you had to wait to let Universal say, okay, you can do this and do that. And if you were in the top three of the show, you had the same sort of contract where like you couldn't do anything until they said you can do something. And I wasn't under that, so... Wow. There you go. There's the inside scoop. What a great story. Um, Big time inside scoop. So how long was it from, so when you got back from the show, you're done. How long was it till you recorded uh, Fearless? Fearless. So I came home on May 23rd of 2014. Did you write that song? I did not. I wanted to. And I was trying to, I was trying to write this song. I was like, we need to put this into words. And I am so overwhelmed that I don't think I can do it. So I had a, a great team behind me that said, hey, we've got some writers that can do it for you. If you don't feel like you can do it, let's find, let's contact these writers. 
So two ladies, wonderful, awesome, beautiful ladies, stepped up to the plate. Heather Holly and Dana Lowry. And they put my entire inner thoughts and my journey and my experience into words. And it became a song called Fearless. I recorded the song in July, and it came out in August of 2014. Where was that video shot? The video was shot. And that's you as a country gal in there, too, in the video, I believe, too, right? Yeah, so we used, like, old footage from... Uh, what we had pulled up from the and is that your ma boys. right away in the beginning yes, of the video? Yes, my mother. My sister, my mother, my dad, everybody's in the video. And it, we wanted, an, you know, we wanted, like, influence from my life. We wanted to sh- sort of show what my journey in a three-minute song, which is very hard to do. Yeah. But through the, throughout the course of The Voice, it was, you know, my narrative was how strong my family was, how I learned everything from my mother and my father, and my sister and I had a band together. And I was somehow this nanny in in Minnesota that was taking some time off from singing and then, you know, go on The Voice. So that was kind of my narrative. So we tried to show all of that within the video. The video was shot at the Women's Club in Minneapolis. That's in the Loring Park area. Okay. And I just wanted an empty theater. I didn't want anybody in there. I wanted an empty theater to just be fearless and, like, play the piano, how the song was sort of originated. I play the piano a little bit. I'm not the best. You won't see me do it that often, but in the video you do. And I wanted to just bare bones and like, and showing sort of my inner thoughts and my inner journey coming out on these bubbles. And that's how we did the video. I mean, it was a cool, it was a cool depiction of the song. Wow. That's awesome. So I guess wrapping this up, what's next for you? What's, what's your goals? What's coming up? I know we talked about the Christmas stuff. Yeah. I have a bunch of other stuff we of never course. got to. That's fine, but but uh, we'll do it again sometime. I'll try or to top, get it to you in a nutshell, too. Yeah, just go ahead. What do you got coming up? What, what's your future looking like? I'm still very passionate about children and kids, and that's kind of where my nanny job stemmed from. I still want to foster young talent. That's kind of my thing. So I go around the state, and I in the tri-state, quad-state area, and I, and I talk to kids about being fearless and performing and being who they want to be. I give voice lessons. I give private lessons to kids that want to learn more about singing. I have a summer camp that I have kids come and spend a week with me about how to perform, how to become a better human being. And the, the entire, everything with children also accumulates with the one strong message of being kind, being kind to others. And even though you're going to pursue music, the music industry, you have to be kind to your teachers and your family. And you have to, put, you have to be a kind person and grateful for your, your life on earth. And so those things I'm very passionate about. Of course, I'm passionate about performing. So I do a Christmas show. I do the summertime rock show. I do a show in the fall. It's very similar to the summer show where it's a rock show. Um, and I'm going to start doing some other specialty shows and, and maybe like doing some tribute shows because I love Fleetwood Mac. I love women of the 80s. I mean, all these things are inside of me that I need to get out and I would really like to perform those on stage. Um, So all of that together, I mean, public speaking, children, live performing, that rules my world. It rules my world and I'm very happy with where everything's at. So the world is next. I'm taking over the entire entertainment industry in Minneapolis. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> That's awesome. But Kat, while remaining kind, by the way. There you go. <laughs> Kat, thanks for sharing these stories with us. Thank what a fun you. afternoon we've had here. 
Uh, thanks for introducing me to a new cocktail. Thanks yes, for letting, of letting the listeners behind the curtain of the voice amongst all the other yes, great things you have going course. on. I appreciate being on the podcast. And uh, how do people get a hold of you? All right. If they, uh, yeah, your contact yes. for whatever. Go to catperkins.com. Catperkins.com unlocks the key to everything from all of the stuff that I'm doing plus how to contact me. And all of my emails and ev everything's on there. If you want to hire me for whatever you want to do, go to my website. If you want to just say hi, go to my website. If you want me on social media, go to Cat Perkins Music. Everything social media is Cat Perkins Music. Instagram, Twitter, you name it, it's happening. Facebook, Cat Perkins Music. And your music's available on iTunes, right? Yes, for download? my music's on iTunes. Quick also question. Spotify. I was, I was flipping through that. Who gets the royalties for the voice ones? You? No. They well, get those. You know, if I'm if if there was a certain amount of downloads after a certain amount, I would make money off of those. So keep downloading those. <laughs> but right now, it goes towards Universal and, and the company as we know of the Voice. Rich people. Yeah, rich the rich people. But if you go to my original stuff on iTunes, oh, I yeah. actually make a cut of that. So go there. Heck if yeah. you stream it on Spotify, if you stream it on Pandora, if you stream it on iTunes, I also get a cut of that. So please do it support live music just like you do Absolutely. you're so great for doing this and thank you for supporting music especially in minnesota thanks cad we'll talk to you later thank, thank you, you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for new podcasts about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you or your business are interested in sponsoring this podcast, please contact me via email at markstereymusic at gmail.com. Also, if you get a chance... Please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time. What would you do if you weren't afraid? What crazy chances would you take? It's all right here. There's no love without heartbreak Holding out for someday But someday's always late Counting on that one day But you don't have to wait If you live, live fearless If you live